Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. It is within less than an hour now. Mm-hmm. We will understand the 2024 SEC football schedule. Understand it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll know the whole thing. Yeah, we'll know. We'll know thing. it. <laughs> we'll know it. That's right. Yeah, we'll certainly know it. Yeah, we'll see if we understand it or not. I mean, it's really interesting to see, like how, um, I mean, how things shake out. We know, you know, part of the schedule for 2024. I mean, we know that. I guess I don't guess they're going to change the date for the Texas A&M game. I don't guess they could. You know, September uh, 28th. So we know that one. Um, we're expecting to see Arkansas uh, host Texas, and that is uh, let's see, that was reported by Chip Brown, who's over at our Texas side. He's usually got when he puts something out, it's usually pretty on point. So um, look for Arkansas to host Texas. Just look for um, Texas A&M and Arlington, obviously. And then I would expect, you know, kind of where, you know, think when they do move to nine games, which they haven't said they're going to do, but we're expecting them to do that in 2025 uh, for Ole Miss and uh, and Missouri also to be on the schedule. And that year, let's see, Arkansas would host Ole Miss because they're going there this year. So they would host Ole Miss and then they would um, they would go to Missouri. So that's half of it right there. Texas, Missouri. Um, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and uh, I'm not leaving out. Texas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Missouri. Yeah, those four. So that's half the schedule right there. Right. Let's talk with uh, Craig. Craig, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Uh, I have a question. Um, so dating back to last year, we just heard really good things about the receivers coming out of fall camp. You know, Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood. And looking back, honestly, that was probably them playing really well, but also it was probably just an indictment on the defensive back. And then going forward to this year, we've heard really good things about the defensive ends, Landon Jackson and Trajan Jeffco just really tearing it up. I think that might just be an indictment on our tackles, specifically left tackle, Devin Manuel. He had a really um, tough, you know, spring and spring game. His pad level is just really high, and he whiffs on a lot of blocks. So what is their plan at left tackle? Are they just banking on Devin Manuel significantly proving, improving over the summer and fall camp? Um, I'm just imagining Harold Perkins and Dallas Turner and some really good edge rushers in the SEC, just him struggling with this guy. So what's the plan at left tackle? Can he improve? And if not, where do we go? Thank you, Craig. Yeah, well. A lot of people struggle with those guys. Uh, you know, with the wide receivers last year, I don't know that you can really say that, you know, it's an indictment on the defensive backs because, you know, you had Dwight McLaughlin, you had, uh, you know, Ladarius Bishop, I don't think was all the way to form, but you were in a lot different shape in fall camp last year in defensive back. You know, defensive back, you had Jalen Catalan, who was still healthy, um, you know, and you they went through. Now, I'm not saying it was. 
uh, an exceptional uh, defensive secondary, top to bottom. But you know, there was there were some good players back there that just got really decimated by injuries. And you know, Hazelwood ended up having a pretty good season. Uh, yeah, I didn't really. I think looking back, maybe you don't put him in the slot. He, he to me he kind of struggled on some of the you know catch and run type stuff they were trying to do in the string game, uh, in, in the uh, screen game that they had success with with Traylon Burks that Hazelwood just wasn't good at. Landers had, what, nine touchdown catches and over 900 receiving yards. It's a pretty good season. But neither of those guys went to the to the NFL. Um, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, who they've got on the offensive line and, um, you know, is it that uh, is it that the offensive line just isn't that good and that's why the defensive line looks good. I mean, Landon Jackson was pretty highly regarded recruit and is said to have played at about three-quarter speed the year before. He was a top 100 prospect, 6'7", 270 pounds. Uh, and Trajan Jeffcoat, you know, he wasn't All-SEC last year, but he is a former first-team All-SEC performer on the defensive line. And you know, I think that they've got really strong numbers on the defensive line. I think they've got really strong depth. Um, a lot of seniors, nine seniors total on the defensive line. Um but, yeah, the offensive line, and I talked about this a little bit on Hogsports Live, but the offensive line does give you pause a little bit because there are so many new faces. You know, Devon Manuel wasn't super highly recruited, even though when he checked in at Arkansas, he was like 6'9", 390 pounds, you know. And I can remember looking at him and going, this dude is carrying – it's not like he had, you know, it was carrying a lot of weight, you know, in his lower half. It was like upper body, you know. He just looked top heavy. And so he needed to lose a, a good bit of weight. Now, he's down to 310. I think maybe 320 plus is a better weight for him. I think that's probably where we'll see him at. But it's been a, you know, it's been a slow process of dropping about 80 pounds for him. If he looked like he looks now when he was in high school, I think he would have been really, really, really highly recruited like really highly recruited, um, but he didn't. And Arkansas ended up getting him, you know, as an underrated guy. Um, they really liked Patrick Kudis from the day that he stepped on campus. And, but at the same time, you know, to the caller's point, you know, kind of feel like, you know, that was a necessity to move him out there after they got through the first scrimmage and they're kind of like, mm, we may need to, we need to, need to explore, you know, different options at right tackle. Um, I think that they have some guys that are, you know, just a little bit younger that maybe just aren't quite there yet. And Kudis is also young and just kind of progressed a little bit a little bit faster. But, you know, we had heard this stuff about Kudis when he was a recruit, like, man, they really think they got something. And then when he got on campus, yeah, this guy's a real deal. Um, you know, you're replacing guys also – you know, it's not like, um, you know, Luke Jones, you know, just, he kind of gave up football. You know, he was a good player for Arkansas, but he wasn't an NFL offensive lineman. Dalt Wagner, you know, signed as a free agent. You know, he's not, you know, he. it's going to be hard for him to make an NFL roster. I'm not saying he can't, but, you know, it's going to be difficult for him to do that. Um, Ricky Stromberg is really the only guy that they're replacing who, you know, is an NFL guy. So, um yeah, I think that they'll be able – I mean, one of the reasons they brought Pittman in is because of his prowess as an offensive line coach, and we haven't to this point been able to see his offensive line recruits take over because you've had so many guys returning, you know, with Myron Cunningham and Stromberg and Bo Lamer and Brady Latham and 
uh, Dalton Wagner. I mean, you just had those guys that just come back year after year. So this is really the first opportunity where we're seeing, um, or I guess the majority of the offensive line is going to be Pittman guys. So you just you have turnover in college football, but um, to me, I don't think that's I don't think that the defensive line is you know. I don't think it's a misread to say the defensive line is, is going to be good because, you know, the offensive line maybe isn't quite up to snuff. This from our Azure Record Service Company live feed and feedback. Gridiron Mike says, do you guys happen to know what happened to Jeb Huckabee? What's he up to these days? He was coaching in Northwest Arkansas, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was, and may still be. I don't know. I haven't seen him in two or three years, but he was he coached at Fayetteville High School yeah. for a while. I don't know if he still is or not. Yeah, I played golf with Jeff about like about eight years ago, and I think that's the last time I can remember seeing him. And that's I'm not sure what he's doing now. Yeah, I've seen him more recently than that when he was coaching at Fayetteville, but I, I don't know if he's still there or not. I hadn't seen Jeff in years, so I couldn't help out at all. Uh, this from Hogslop, he says, changing gears for a moment, said, obviously, Musk knows more than I do, but it seems like we need an actual center on this basketball team. Last season, we got demolished in the paint several times. Doesn't look like we're going to get that fixed. Well, they do have Trevon Brazil coming back, and you may say he's more of a, you know, forward or something, but, I mean, he's, what, 6'10"? Um, you've got Makai Mitchell coming back, who's 6'9", 6'10". Jalen Graham is coming back, who goes about 6'9". So, I mean, they've got some they've got some height. I, I wouldn't say that they're, like, in trouble there. But, um, yeah, they've got some height there. It would have been nice to get Grant Nelson, obviously, but that just didn't work out. Thanks to Matt. Underwood, who is uh, on the staff at Harding University, said Jeb is high up in the FCA in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, okay. He is also the team chaplain for the Naturals. Great. Very good. Glad to hear that. So, Good, good. Thank you, Matt, for that update. Uh, Trey, I was really surprised it took as long as it did I don't read um, any of the message boards. So did they start bugging you, wanting to know who, as a freshman, do you expect to contribute this fall? <laughs> no, you know, I just I, I keep story ideas stored and, you know, kind of come back to them, just a list. And it's summertime, so, you know, we kind of – we kind of put out these kind of articles now, but, uh, you know, Luke has was just recently named one of 100 true freshmen who will impact the college football season. And, you know, it's harder now for a freshman because you're able to address so many things so quickly through the transfer portal. Uh, but I took a stab at it. And, you know, just looking back at, at recent years, I mean, when you had five guys last year who played, you know, a significant role for Arkansas, it was Quincy McAdoo, Rashad DeBinion, Jordan Crook, and then two of them were uh, special teams guys, Eli Stein and Max Fletcher. I mean, that's that's not that's not a lot of guys. You know, Patrick Kudis played mostly on special teams. Um, saw a little bit, on, but most of his work was on special teams. He didn't redshirt. Uh, Sam Bakke, they kind of needed him for special teams, and he didn't redshirt. Um, you know, he obviously moved to defensive back for a little bit. 
Uh, Nico Davier played just a little bit. Again, mostly special teams. Same deal with Manny Powell. Um, so, you know, 14 of the 19 true freshmen, you know, played pretty sparingly last year. And so this year, just looking at it, I kind of, um, you know, think, you know, I guess putting them in order maybe a little bit, I think there's some opportunity, um, you know, for Jalen Braxton to, to play, especially with Quincy McAdoo's status and, you know, maybe the likelihood that they moved Lorando Johnson to safety. But I think there's some room for Jalen Braxton, who was the top-ranked recruit in the class. And, you know, you kind of think about Quincy McAdoo contributing. He was a wide receiver until midway through the season and then started the last four games, actually played the last six games for him at, at cornerback and, and, play, and started the last four. Um, you know, maybe T.J. Metcalf could see some action. I think Luke has is a really strong candidate, obviously, to play a significant role for him. And maybe Shamar Easter. Shamar Easter is very talented. He just didn't enroll early. So that's why you kind of keep him on the back burner. I think Luke Brown might be a dark horse also. Maybe Easter and, and Brown would be dark horses. Brown enrolled early but had a knee issue. You kind of hear some of the things about Luke Brown that I heard about when, you know, Patrick Kudis was being recruited and when he arrived on campus also. And then, um, you know, the last guy that I would mention as a, as a possibility would be Isaiah Augustov. Uh, you know, he's – we said this yesterday, but is he, if he's a, if he's going to bite as a running back, then he's going to bite early. They, they pretty much all do. I mean, I can go back to when Arkansas joined the SEC, and there's just not – there's not a running back, even in this era, you know, when there's, you know, transfer portal, but there's not a running back uh, who has come through Arkansas, who redshirted his first year since Arkansas joined the SEC at least, um, who had any measure of success in their career. There's not one except Mike Smith, and Mike Smith had a hamstring injury his freshman year and also came in with Derek McFadden and Felix Jones, uh, but he had a hamstring injury his freshman year and later went on to have a 1,000-yard season. He's the one exception. Arkansas picked up a commitment. Akari mm -hmm. Johnson, who did visit over this past weekend. He had his official over this past weekend. Akari Johnson commits to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a... Obviously, a bittersweet time. I mean, you know, with a car, you love a guy jumping on, uh, and then just, um, you know, tragic news uh, last night with Dion Stutz. And, mm. and I, I cannot get his family, his his parents. That's just a, a nightmare, you know. And uh, I just, my thoughts and prayers go out to them and their family. Um, really, really tough deal. Um, but, you know, back to your, 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 the point you're making on uh, Akari Johnson. You know, a guy that visited, um, visited Arkansas and, um, you know, last weekend and felt pretty strongly about it. He was supposed to visit TCU tomorrow, and so I guess that's not happening. And uh, had all, already visited Oklahoma State also, a guy with some, some nice options. This is four, uh, four defensive backs. Um, I think you might say one of them probably going to play nickel, but I think the other three are probably cornerbacks. So looks like they're – pretty filled up there at, uh, at at defensive back. Or, excuse me, at cornerback anyway. Troy, I've seen this um, or looked at the uh, Big Red offensive board. I, I have not seen John Oliver's name on that list. Uh, this from our first Arkansas Bank and Trust buzz text line from the 
Zero said, what's our shot at John Oliver? The big running back hurt. He is high on the hogs. I'm not sure. John Oliver. I don't know. Arkansas is not recruiting anybody that I know of named John Oliver. I've not seen him on the board either. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback. Savage says, hey, Trey. Surely this, he wrote this chuckling as he wrote this. Hey, Trey, do you think the next couple of years the Razorbacks will get a favorable schedule? We'll see the first opportunity tonight if they'll get a favorable schedule, but it's tough in the SEC. I mean, this is your 2023 is probably the best schedule that they've had. And right in the middle of it, there's like 35 days when they're away from home. But, uh, you know, even Sam Pittman says it's probably the best schedule we've had. So um, it's hard to say. I mean, Georgia's got a really, really soft schedule this year. I don't know if you guys have seen Georgia's schedule, but, man, I'd like to have that schedule. Um, but, yeah, well, yeah just, you wouldn't have to play Georgia if you had their schedule. That's right. That's, that would help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but check out Georgia's schedule. It's it's uh, it's pretty soft. I am. Uh, I just clicked onto the SEC's website, and it just says SEC to reveal 2024 football opponents and locations. So that mm-hmm. uh, makes it about 35 or so minutes away. Yeah. Yep. Georgia plays uh, UT Martin. I think they'll win that. Ball State, probably win that game. South Carolina. I don't know. That's a tough decent, one. Decent, but probably win. UAB at Auburn should win. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Ooh! They play Florida and Jacksonville, as always. Missouri, Ole Miss at Tennessee and at Georgia Tech. I think they're going to be favored in every game. Yeah, I think they're going to do okay with that schedule. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I haven't seen his name on the list either, but I'll run this by you real quick, Trey, about Jalen Dupree, who I love from Malvern. Yeah, Arkansas hasn't offered him. He does have some options out there. I think Kansas State was uh, was one of his options, obviously Arkansas State. He's one of the top players in the state of Arkansas, but they haven't moved on him. Love him. All right, Trey, we'll talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Wisconsin Record Service Company.